Okay, so listen to what the prophet here says. And he gave some apostles. Say one. 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 And some prophets. Say two. 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 And some evangelists. Three. Three. And some teachers. Four. Four. And some pastors. Five. How many? Five. 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 Not four. Not three. See, I know people that that after this sister that we had, some people called her. Chase her down, call her, find out where she's at, and ask her for information. Hello? What am I, chopped liver? <laughs> See, they don't get it. See, people don't get it. That's where Paul said, when you should grow, you're still like babies. Now, when I taught that lesson one time, I went into, what's that place called at the mall that used to have you get, get all kind of costs? Spencer's. Spencer. And I went in there and I found this great big pacifier. The thing was about that big. I still <laughs> still have it. Go, go see if you can find it. And I, and I stayed back there until after the song service and everything was over. I was hiding. Everybody was looking around wondering where a pastor was. Is pastor okay? Is pastor here? Is pastor sick? Everybody was worried about that. Yeah, he's here. He couldn't understand why I, why I wasn't out here. <clears throat> and I, I was back there in the office and then I came out with my pacifier and I had this and great had big, big I had this great on. big diaper, you know, one of them <laughs> sticky diapers with Velcro. Oh, no. I don't know where that got to, but I had a big one. But when I came out, <clears throat> this is what it looked like. <laughs> now, now I know people laugh. I know it, and that's okay to laugh. But what Paul is saying, that's what you look like to God. After you're saved a long time, a long time, and you say the church teaches me that I gotta be water baptized to get to heaven. Okay, now I was taught that because I was raised in the United Methodist. And mom said, You 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 need we, we need to get you baptized. Of course they didn't baptize me biblically, they just God was up there in the backward room and he had his little tower of water and he reached his hand in there and sprinkled it on my head and said some stuff in Latin. I don't even know. He might have been cursing at me. I don't know. Because I didn't know what he was saying. You understand what I'm saying? So I went in a dry hellion and came out a wet hellion. Nothing changed. See, my heart didn't change. He just made my hair wet, which I didn't like nobody messing up my hair back then because I looked like Elvis. I had more than you ain't nothing but a hamburger. I was nothing but a hamburger. <laughs> I even had blue sweet cheese. <laughs> no, I was far from Elvis, but I had a little spit curl. My wife, that spit curl used to tickle her. When we got married, we got ready for our wedding. I went to the barber and had my head shaved. She, she could have killed me. I, I was getting married and I came in and had my tuxedo and she says, where's the spit curl? What would you do? I said, ain't you going to marry me now? I was tempted. But there's five. Now, to give you the medical metaphor of that in the natural, most of us can identify with a vehicle. We drive them or rode in them or whatever. They have all the bells and whistles and some of them's more expensive than others and some of them are, you know, all kind of cars that you can't afford. But the major components are basically about five. You have a fuel tank, you have ignition, you have an engine, you have transmission and a rear end. 
it takes all them five, listen to what I'm saying now, it takes all five of them to get you where you're going. I don't care if you paid 50,000, 80,000, 110,000, 200,000, whatever you paid for that vehicle, it's not gonna get you nowhere if any one of those components malfunctions. Mm -hmm. The fuel in the tank, when you turn the ignition, makes a fire, makes a combustion in the engine and the engine starts to run gives you your power, and when you pull the gear shift, it transfers to the, to the uh, transmission, which puts you in gear to go, you're ready to go now, forward or backward or whatever, don't stay in neutral. Get out of neutral. And it turns the real wheels so, so you can get to your destination. How many got that? Did you get that? Yes. You got a picture of that? Mm -hmm. Now any one of them, you fail to put fuel in that tank, I don't care how expensive the car is. I don't care how elaborate it is. It ain't taking you anywhere without the fuel because you eliminate it in your mind. People eliminate the components. Jesus said he called five. Not three, not four, not one. He called five. Read it. See, you have to believe the whole counsel of God. He called five so that you understand I have to have what all five can give me, five-fifths, there's a fifth at each one, one-fifth, two-fifths, three-fifths, four-fifths, five-fifths. Makes a whole. To get the whole benefit that the spiritual man needs, you have to receive with the recipient's heart all five of those components so that you can mature or so that you can grow so that you can throw this thing away. Pastor, you don't know who called me this week. Pastor, you don't know what they say. Pastor, every time I come to church, they never shake my hand. Pastor, Pastor, they roll their eyes at me. That's a pastor hears that all. See, you don't hear a pastor hears all that stuff. And that's why you take the staff and crack the sheep on the head to wake them, to get them out of that stupor and understand this is not final. This is not it. When the song said, you're on the rock, all other things are sifting sand. The Republicans are not your God. Even though I'm a Republican, but they're not my God. I pray that God works in their heart to bring the best about in the country like God meant it to be. Or the Democrat. Or Trump. Or Biden. Whoever. Don't focus on them. Don't make them number one. Jesus said, I get all the praise and I will not give it to another. That means when that's all you talk about, your focus is on somebody other than Jesus. Paul said, I will not talk about nothing else than Christ and Him crucified. You want to be a good preacher, a good teacher, a good singer, a good musician, whatever? Get Jesus on the throne of your heart. Think about Him 24. When you wake up in the morning, you should not be thinking Republican. You should not be thinking Trump. He's not going to benefit you. He's going to do what he's called to do. That's why you pray for people that's in your government. You pray that they do the right thing, that they make the right decisions. Now, it's people. If you read the Old, the old Covenant, because people wanted what they wanted. That means in their voting. They voted the king they wanted, no matter how crooked dishonesty was, that's what they wanted. God says, okay. He steps back. All right. That's what you want. 
It's because he's a good God. He says, I'll give you what you want, but there's going to be leniency in your soul. But when you step aside from that and become God-dependent, now you may not understand all that. You don't have to understand all this. I don't understand it all. Some of it's a mystery even to me yet. But the more you study, the more you pray, the more you learn, the more you put the pieces together, and you say, I remember six months ago when Pastor Tommy said that. You start becoming God-dependent, and you start finding out all these things go away the way you want them. Now, it's the way people today that's bound in the public school. If I was raising kids today, children, my children would be pulled out of the public school. Now, it's just food for thought. I would pull them out, my children, my grandchildren, because they're not being taught, they're not being educated, they're being indoctrinated. When my one granddaughter came home and she said to me, Papa, we're, we're compelled to read this book. What is it? Divergent? Is that how you say it? Divergence. You remember that book when you read it? You don't remember? They have a story in TV now. What it is, it's an elite people. They're making you elite. And if you don't fit into that box of the eliteness, you're disqualified. Now, how many of you can remember back far enough, you old enough to remember who tried to do that? Hitler. Yeah, Hitler. Hitler tried it. He wanted the supreme military. So he would kill off anybody that was sick or diseased or weak or lame. And he interbred, tried to mess up the DNA to have all these muscle-bound, never-get-sick, perfect immune system, okay. And that's in the mind of man. God said the mind of man is evil continually. And they try to indoctrinate them. They can't have the Bible. That's voodoo. Don't take the Bible. Don't have your Bible in your purse or in school on your desk or wherever. But you can have about Islam. Hello? That's not even our belief. What's happened to America? When I was in sixth grade, before I went on to junior high, our, our teacher was a born-again believer. And he said, okay, children, let's stand. And we stood. He put his hand on his heart, and we all looked at the flag and pledged allegiance to the flag. We sit down and he'd go around and have one of us stand, he'd lay the Bible on your desk, say, okay, read this chapter to us. And we'd read the chapter in the Bible and then we'd all bow our heads and pray in school. The worst thing you ever had in school when I went to school was somebody chewing a piece of chewing gum that shouldn't have been eating chewing gum in school. Huh? Yep. Mm -hmm. Now my wife and I, when we first come in this building, we had a youth center for a couple years down below here. And the, the girls that were our, our neighbor's people, they didn't know, but they felt they could trust her to share it with her. And they said, Sister Judy, I don't know how it was when you went to school, but now it's so different. She said, the lockers lined both sides of the hall. She said, we opened two locker doors the boyfriend and the girlfriend stands between the locker doors and she said, we have open sex 
right in the hall. Mm. And Sister Judy said, what? She said, oh yeah. And she said, the teacher, the supervisor, just passes by and don't, nothing said. Now, that's how far, that's how far we've come. So you, and believing the benefit of the five-fold ministry, what I'm talking about, your vehicle will not get you to reach your destination if the fuel tank's empty, if the battery's dead where the ignition don't work, where you didn't put oil in and, and, and the pistons seized up, or the gear shift broke loose and the transmission don't go in gear. That vehicle will not take you to your destination where you're desired to go, whether it's the supermarket, the mall, the bank. How many understand where I'm coming? I'm keeping this as simple as I can that you can understand. Do you understand that? Or take your children to school, whatever, whatever it may be. Okay, it's the same way with this five-fold ministry. Now we have people in here that do it. They're you just have to pray for them. They said they're too tired. They're not going to church because I'm preaching. Okay, because I'm preaching. But the husband said, "Well, you know we're having a guest speaker next Sunday. Huh? Who is it?" You get what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Huh? They pick and choose. Pick and choose. What did Jesus choose? How many? Five. But yet in our minds, we can pick and choose and think we only need one or two or three. Jesus said five. All five that you can function and develop. If you want to know why you don't develop, it's because of the false prophets. It's because of people we hang around. I don't care if they're in this church or not. I'll tell you and I'll tell them. If they're not telling you what we teach you, don't pay no attention to them. You pay attention to them, you're going to have your life all messed up. Don't listen to them. Don't listen to everybody talks to you. Don't listen to everybody texts you on the phone. Don't listen to that. He said, bring your addictions. I should have said, everybody bring your phones to the lamb up here. <laughs> no. I'm only kidding now. I'm a kidder. I'm only kidding you. Those phones are nice when they're used for what they're designed for. They were designed to better your life because of this high speed our life is going. And you need them. But use them for that purpose as a believer, as a Christian. Use them for the right thing. If it's stuff on there, you know, you shouldn't look at or stuff you shouldn't read, turn it off. You got control. God's not going to turn it off for you. You have to do that. That's, that's being in a made-up mind that is transformed. Is everybody following what I'm saying? Is anybody getting anything? You understand what I'm saying? And the enemy will use whatever he can to upset you. Whatever he can. I was talking with one sister this morning, and she says uh, some people told her she can't come to church because we might give her the COVID and then she'll take it home and her granddaughter will get the COVID. And they said, you can't babysit the granddaughter if you have to listen to them. See, that's the enemy putting a, a hook in you. Mm -hmm. That's this guy right here. You have to have a made up mind <clears throat> what's more important. Yes, I love my children. I love my grandchildren. They do. They just, I love them to death. They come dashing in the door and get Grandpa's cookies and Papa's soda. And I just love it. I love it because that thrills me because my kids are grown up. 
<clears throat> but there's no way I'll put them before God. When they asked me about certain things, I said, you know, Pat Paul has to teach, minister to the people. And there's time that I have to have alone to myself. I'll do it different times through the week as God speaks to it. My heaviness part is mostly on Saturday. And, and I'll sit in there for hours and look stuff up and study what I'm going to minister, what the people need to hear. And when you don't go to the right place, listen, we had one lady come and tell my wife, uh, I know yous, and I know your church, but that's a little far to drive. I listened to it. <clears throat> what tree did that come from? Yep. You don't have to be a rocket scientist to figure that out. My wife said to her, because she, she knows what my answer would have been, and we're like one, and she says, how far is too far? Now, you'd be amazed if I tell you, since Jubilee's been alive, we had people from Lancaster County, we had people from East Berlin, we had people from Hanover, we had people from Maryland. Most of them came distant. They weren't close. They came distant because they know what we teach. You can't find it any, every, everywhere and anywhere. These big churches that are structured and not knocking none, that's why I'm not naming none. I don't want to knock any specific one. But their structure to the point is you got to go in there and eat a donut, and drink a cup of coffee, and play a little sports. And, and if we have a rouster right now because there's a pandemic going on. And the pandemic only allows us 45 or 50 people, and they can seat several hundred. I'm like, what do you do with the rest that needs to find God? What if somebody comes that need to find God and Jesus comes and they're not ready? The pandemic is not COVID. COVID is a trap. It baited the trap to put fear in your heart. The pandemic is fear. If you're going to be afraid of this, what are you going to be afraid of next? Now you're listening to the downward spiral. Now they're going to put you in a, a deeper fear. Now they just announced that if you don't take the vaccine so that you can carry a vaccination card, you can't go anywhere you want to go unless you show the card. But, listen, now they flip-flop. But I can vote without an ID card. The most important thing in my life is to vote who I'm going to put in there to rule my country. Just go in, don't matter what, who goes in, just go in and vote. You don't need no ID. That's racial. But now, you watch, if we don't pray. See, the Bible tells us to pray. That's our part. If you don't pray, shame on you. Because the Bible tells you as a believer, if you're now in the body, you need to pray for them, that they make the right decision, that the right people with the right voice stand up and let their voice be heard and stop these things. It's our country. Our freedom is right. being stolen away. America, it's not like it was when I was a kid. There was eight in our family when I was growing up. We never had a lock on our screen door. We went to bed at night, the door hung wide open. Why? Because you didn't have no fear. Nobody bothered you. Nobody broke in. Nobody troubled your house. Nobody vandalized your car. 
Now you, you stand in the parking lot, you hear click, 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 click. You never heard that when I was growing up. Everybody's afraid they got something in that vehicle somebody's going to steal. Let me give you a little secret. I like mine too. But what they're going to do now, if they want it bad enough, they're going to pick something up and break the window out, and they're going to end the hot wire, and they're going to take it anyway. <laughs> Just food for thought now. Food for thought. Food for thought. How deep we can go in those kind of things because we worry. We worry. We worry. What if? What if? What if? And we live with that thing bound on our shoulders. What if? What if? And the more things we accumulate, the more we worry. The less you have, you have nothing to worry about. But the more you accumulate, you ask God for all these things. And you got all these things, and now that you have all these things, you worry. All day you worry. All night you worry. You can't even sleep. You wake up worrying. My Bible says worry is a sin. Sin. Come on, don't nobody else know? Sin. See, you need to be mature. Sin. It's a sin. Yeah. It's a sin. Why? Because worry is self-dependent. It's from this tree. The spiritual fruit of this tree is I'm dependent on myself. I'm going to lock my door. I'm going to sit in the rocker inside the front door. I'm going to have a double-barreled shotgun. Just let them come in. Yeah, well, that ain't always going to work either. But being God-dependent will take away the worry. You must understand. You must, church. You must understand. You must grow up. You must throw away the pacifier. You must, for your benefit. Because when Jesus comes, all that you've acquired, all that you've accumulated, is only loaned to you. Your car is here. You don't need it up there. Your clothes are for here. You don't need them up there. He's going to give you a robe of righteousness. Hello. Mm -hmm. You don't need the money exchange. He paid for everything. The cross paid for everything up there. No more utilities. No more taxes. Yay. All those things. No more cemeteries. No more wars. No more people have to go to war to protect your country. See, so we need to always be in prayer. Where do we stand how close is this pacifier? <laughs> I, well, I want to let it go. I'm trying to let it go. I'm trying to go. I got it halfway there. <laughs> but see how simple you look. That's how you look in the eyes of God. That he said, trust me. He said, trust me. Cast your care. It's something you have to do. It's not automatic. Serving God, when you come to God and you give your heart to God, the Christian lifestyle from there on out is all you. How much are you going to pray? How much are you going to read the Word? How much are you going to witness to the lost? See, you should be witnessing to people. That's how you know how much you say. When I work with people... The Bible says to pray in the Spirit. Now, I know most people haven't been taught that, but there's three steps. People do one. Some believe in two steps. Most don't even believe in three steps. They argue about it. But God said so. He said, believe the whole counsel of God means the Word of God. 
from Genesis to Revelation. You believe it all, you compile it all together, it fits together like a puzzle, and then it starts making sense. The more you study, the more you understand. He said, study to show yourself approved. If you don't even read it, how are you going to study? Constantly study. 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 I remember one time when we first built our new house outside of Red Line. <clears throat> I had a house built for her. And we felt led to sell it after 20 years. But we were in the house. When we first went in the house, that flu pandemic got a hold of me, I guess. He tried to put me down where stuff was coming out both ends. And you couldn't eat, you couldn't drink. I mean, it was terrible. You felt weak, you lost weight. And then after a week or so, it would jump on her. And then after another week, it would jump on me. And after another week, it, it just, the devil was just, he was using us like a tiddlywink. He just, he thought he'd have a heyday. Until I learned the scripture where Adam, the, the enemy was not after Adam and Eve. What he was after was their authority. See, God said, I give you dominion or authority. That means Paradise was theirs. God handed it over. I'm not going to do no more. It's yours. There, I'll put you in there. You take care of it. I'm going back to heaven and sitting the throne. It's your job. There it is. And that's what he does to us. You take control. You take authority over your finances. You take authority over your mental health. You take authority over your marriage. You take authority over your spiritual attitude. You take authority. You're to take authority. God's not going to do that. So after you're saved, he said to be water baptized. And if you read your scripture properly, if you study properly, he didn't say nothing about sprinkling. When Jesus died, they buried him. When you die, they bury you. Your ashes go back to dust. They don't lay you out in the cemetery and throw a little handful of dirt on you. Say, okay, see you sometime. Right? That sounds silly, but I'm making it simple to you. They don't do that. They bury you. Okay, in resemblance, the spiritual is the same thing. You have to bury your old lifestyle. How do you do that? Being dunked in water. Pushed in water. Submerged. You're to be like him. What he done. But he came out of there. And when we baptize you, you come out of there a brand new person. In your spirit. Now your thoughts have to be changed. Because you come up out of there and your thoughts are the same. It's like one guy we were teaching one Sunday how to laugh. And I said, when you leave here and you go out to that parking lot, I said, the devil's going to be waiting on you. I said, you have a flat tire and you go to change the tire and the spare is flat. Or you pull out and somebody pulls out in front of you. And he comes to me and I said, Pastor, how it happened to me? He said, you were preaching to me today. I had a laugh. He was a little simple-minded, but he said, he said, that happened to me. I said, Dad, what happened to you? He said, I pulled out of the parking lot. Somebody pulled right out in front of me, went, went a third of the block and turned off. He said, boy, I cussed them out. And then he said, after I did a long, long time, the pastor just told me the enemy's going to be waiting on me outside the church. But at least he got it. See, at least he got it. That's the important part, that you get it. See that you get it and put it together. Don't go home the same. You're to change. The Bible talks about you having a change 
lifestyle. So it's the same way with people, and these people that I know do that. When the person found out that the prophet was coming, well, I'm going to be there next Sunday with bells on. Now, number one, they put their emphasis, they put their emphasis, they did not put their emphasis as a born-again believer where it should have been. They should understand that your shepherd puts up with you. Your shepherd watches over you. When you're sick, you call the shepherd. When you're in the hospital, you call the shepherd. You don't call that prophet. That prophet's out of town. They're long gone. They're in another nation. They could care less about your issues. God sends them for one thing, and that's to prophesy to you to help you to grow, to help you develop. And then the teacher, to teach the Word of God to you. Today I'm teaching. Okay, I have the spirit of teacher. I'm teaching now. I'm not getting all excited and jumping around. On a, that's what a pastor does. And a prophet, I prophesied already to people. I prophesied to people that weren't even here. See, because there's no limits to God. I was teaching just like I am now, and all of a sudden I, I felt the spirit of, of the prophet come on me, and I said, there's someone, there's someone, they're about to get a promotion with a raise. That's all God gave me. God don't always give you everything. That's to build your faith. So to exercise your faith too. And a lot of things that the prophet told you. Okay, now your job is to go away and pray about that. Another thing is, the next time we have a speaker, please go and invest a couple dollars in one of those little pocket recorders. You can get a little cheap, little cheap thing you stick in your pocket. And when they call you and get ready to prophesy, you turn it on and then you have the word. It's common sense. And then you get home, play it back, 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 play it back. We do all our prophecy that way that comes to us and we play it back and she writes it down. We have a book about that thick full of prophecies that God sent her. Now you have to understand because the world we live in is limited, those prophecies do not always come to pass right away because you snap your finger because you go out and get in your car and go home and you think by the time you get home the prophecy is fulfilled. No, no. 100,000 times, no, it don't work that way. You gotta pray and change. It's not change until you change. You start changing something. Stop hanging around the wrong people. Stop, stop hanging around those multi-back hypocrites. All they do is talk negative. Right? None of us sitting here is that dumb that you don't know the difference between false and fiction. Come on. You should know. You should know. Now that person, what they're talking about, that ain't nothing what Pastor Tom said. That's like, that's like your daughter-in-law. What happened to you when I prayed for you, what, five years ago now? And what happened? What did God do? What did the Spirit of God do for you? A miracle. Yeah, a miracle. He, he cleared your body of cancer, correct? Right. You, you had certain tumors in your breast and a big one under your arm and all that. And I, I kind of snickered because she came up for prayer and, and she says, I'm worried about this big one here. Cancer's cancer, baby. It's, it's in you. It's going to get you. You don't have to be a big one here. But she didn't understand that. And 
the word came up in me when we prayed. I asked the ladies to lay hands on her. That's been five years, about five years. Almost six. And, and you're clear, right? You're clean. She didn't get that in the little backwoods church she wanted to because they don't teach that. If, if God... If God comes down the aisle and decides what seat you're in, if the Spirit of the Lord settles here, you'll be the one to get healed. That, there's so many myths out there that can really mess with your mind. If, but if you read the Word, you won't get mixed up in that stuff. You won't settle for that stuff. 